Mission for Christ proudly presents to you Old Fashioned Revival Hour on Spirit 88.3 with Brother Jerry. Now and every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. Awake, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ shall give you life. Mission for Christ proudly presents. I want us to pray as we begin the word of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight and bless your holy name. You have planted me here, not for any other purpose, but for the purpose of teaching your word and expounding your truth to your people. And it is my prayer that, O oh God, that as I begin this sermon tonight may the word impart grace to the listeners in the name of Jesus let every word that I would preach let it be by the inspiration of your spirit may I speak as one whom you have ordained to preach your word not according to the wisdom of man, but according to your power. In the mighty name of Jesus, that as many as are there listening would experience the power of your word. And the manifold blessing. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. I am glad to be with you today too and I bring to you peace and grace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Last week I began a new topic which I titled Journey to the Cross. Um, uh, last month if you remember I dealt with barriers to the redemptive blessing and this topic is its continuation so whatever i shall be dealing with shall eventually lead us to the cross the place of deliverance and it is my prayer that this teaching will be god's intended solution to a problem you might be facing today Last week, I started by relating to you the primary assignment of Christ on earth. And this assignment was one to restore the fallen race to the original place according to God's original purpose in creating the first man and the woman. Now, we learned that Jesus came to restore the fallen man to the likeness of God. And secondly, to the authority which was lost at the Garden of Aden. Today we will look at why Jesus went to the cross in his quest to restore the fallen race. And uh, it would astound you to know that according to God's intended purpose for Christians, curses are overruled. And I want you to keep that in mind. The reason why 
the faithful Christian, the believing Christian, is not under a curse and cannot be under a curse. And I use the word the faithful Christian. Christian who walks not according to what he see, but according to faith. He can never be under any curse. And this teaching tonight is going to affirm what I have just said. And I mentioned last week that the fall of Adam and Eve had a severely destructive effect on all human race. After the fall, all who came out of Adam became fleshly. Last week we understood that that is earthly minded. Fleshly means that the, the, the Adamic race is prone to sin. Now remember the works of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5, 19 downwards, you would see what the Spirit of the Lord through Paul was saying concerning the flesh. It is prone to sin. It is corrupt according to deceitful lust. And so the race became up from the time that Adam and Eve disobeyed God. We say that the whole generation died to God. The generation became fleshly. Everyone born of a woman has this nature that Adamic, we call it the old man, very elderly minded, occupied by things that are materialistic, that are carnal. And again, the generation man became soulish, soulish in the sense that man became self-centered. No longer God conscious, but rather self-centered. Whatever man desires is of himself and him alone. Now man is a representative of the generation, the entire generation. And so when I use the word man, don't not um, confuse, don't think that I am speaking of the masculine or the male gender. No, I am speaking, referring to the um entire generation, man as a representative of the entire generation, both the male and then the female. And so all flesh became rebellious to the law of God. And that is what we see in Romans chapter 5 verse 12. It is written that therefore just as through one man, that one man speaks of Adam, just as through one man, Adam, sin entered the word, and death through sin. And so through Adam, sin entered the word by his disobedience. The gate of sin was opened, and then sin came, followed by death. For the wages of sin, as I always say, is death. It is Death is the penalty of sin. And so man sinned, sorry, through one man sin entered the word and death through sin. And thus 
death spread to all men because all sinned. All sinned. Now I explained this the last time that this is not referring to the actual sins. When I speak of the actual sins, I mean those sins that are conspicuous, the sins that are um, visible, tangible, you know, like drinking and stealing, anger, you know, those kind of bitterness, those kind of sins that you can, you can see, you know, you can take notice of adultery, fornication, and the like. I made mention the last time that this sin is not referring to the actual sin, it's referring to the original sin. Original sin in the sense that we have inherited something from Adam, a nature that is from Adam. It is, if I may say generational, if I may say it is um, inherited, you see, and so if I do not drink, if I do not steal, if I do not murder, if I do not um, fornicate, commit adultery, it does not excuse me as being righteous before God. Yes, I may not be doing all these things, but inwardly I have that nature, that Adamic nature. I may not be, you know, I may not have engaged myself in these things, but inwardly I am a sin by nature. That is the nature that is received from Adam. Now I am saying this um, for you to understand. Someone may argue that as long as I do not do all these things, I am right with God. I don't need to believe Jesus. I don't need to accept Christ. But as far as I am not doing any of these things, I believe that I am righteous before God. It is not about what you are or are not doing. It is about whether you have received the new birth, the new nature that is from God. And so this is what Paul is saying in Romans 5 verse 12 that we are sinners by virtue of original sin, the sin of Adam, something that we have inherited from the first man who was created by God. And so through Adam, sin entered into the world. The human race inherited a nature that is corrupt, that is rebellious, as Satan. Now we normally call it the old man or the rebel. I have already made mention of. And um, this was not the original purpose of God for man. Of course, I said the last time that according to the original purpose of God, man was to continue in holiness, in dominion, according to the likeness of the God who created him. It was never the purpose of God that man should fall short of the intended purpose, the divine purpose for which he was created. But by reason of Adam and Eve's disobedience, the fall began. 
Romans 3.23 says that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now this is something that I want you to, to get by the grace of God and that is my prayer that we are going to deal with something that is very essential to you as a Christian, as a believer. It may be that as you are listening to my voice, the question of salvation, deliverance, is a major problem. You are going through a very terrible time. You are going through a very severe problem. Something weighs you down, a burden, a joke. And you wake up every day and you, you look at yourself and it looks as if everything around you is so dark, so gloomy. And you are asking yourself, what is the way out? I want you to pay particular attention to what we are dealing with tonight. But I believe that this message came purposely for you tonight. Now after the fall of man, at the high court of God, Satan stood accusing all flesh. Now the accusations were on three grounds. That the first was, we have broken God's law, the Adamic race, by raising of that rebellious nature which we have inherited. And so Satan stood before God with these accusations. That one, we have broken God's law, we must receive the pronouncement of the law which is curses. Now the second thing, Satan stood before God and then he accuses us on the grounds of God's justice. God is just. He must punish sins. And then three, God is just. He must condemn us to death. And so the devil accused the Adamic race before God on the basis of God's justice. That God is too holy to overlook sins. He must pour out his wrath upon all flesh. And yes, God is just. And he can by no means reconcile sinners to himself. That was the accusation of the devil. He is just and he cannot excuse sins. He must punish sins. But there is one thing that the devil never thought of. And that is, God is not only just, he is also good. He is merciful and full of compassion. God can never violate his attributes. That is a fact. He is just. Yes, he must punish sins. He is unchangeable. That is a fact. He is just. He must punish sins. On the other side, God is good. He is merciful. He must save the fallen race. Now the question is, how does this happen? The only wise God devised a plan 
And this is the plan which was hidden to the word until the appointed time. And this was the plan. God would punish sins on the basis of his justice. He being just, a just God. He would punish sins and at the same time reconcile sinners to himself. Now in that way, justice and mercy shall be joined hand in hand. I want you to listen attentively. God can never violate his justice. If God reconciles sinners to himself without punishing sins, that would mean that he has violated his divine attributes as a just God. Now, if God condemns sinners on the basis of his justice, then he demonstrates to the word that he is a God who shows no mercy. And that is not who he is. There are attributes that you need to know about God. Uh, normally these attributes are grouped into two, his holiness, his goodness, his justice, his mercy. And so now the plan of God to restore the fallen race was to punish sins, that is his justice, and to reconcile sinners to himself. Speaking of his mercy, so that justice and mercy shall be joined together. So that his divine attributes will be clearly revealed to the word. And as I said, everything we are dealing with would eventually lead us to a place. The restoration of the fallen race. And the ultimate, the cross. So in order to satisfy justice and at the same time demonstrate to all sinners his love and mercy, this is what God did. He sent to the world the Messiah, born of a virgin, the person of Jesus Christ, the only begotten of God the Father. So, God made his son, Jesus, the rep a representative of the fallen race. He made Jesus a sin offering. Jesus, who knew no sin, was made a sin offering on account of sinful men, on account of the fallen race, in place of the fallen race. So instead of God pouring out his wrath upon us, something which Satan was so expecting, God's justice, his wrath being poured out on our flesh, condemning the whole race after the fall of Adam. 
God did something that is so tremendous, something so deep, something that is unspeakable, unthinkable, that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, the spotless purity, never sinned, never committed any offense, to stand in the place of the fallen race. And Jesus was sent to bear the punishment for sins. Now, this punishment was the curse for breaking God's law. Every punishment that we were to receive by reason of our rebelliousness, our breaking God's commandments, because of that sin nature. These punishments are the curses which was pronounced upon us under the law. Now under the law, there are seven main curses that were released upon the disobedient, the lawbreakers. Sinners, so to speak. And I want you to go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15. Now, all those curses that is mentioned here by God is categorized into seven, that is, according to as I searched the scriptures by the grace of the Lord, I was able to conclude on this fact that all the curses are grouped into seven main curses and which we are going to deal with for the end of the program. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 15 says that, but it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Now these curses will come upon the one who breathes God's commandment. And so the curses were pronounced on the lawbreakers, the sinful generation. And the word curse, according to the Greek, is something that is abominable, something that is detestable. And that is the picture of the word cursed. And as I said, that all sinners all who have not entered into the new covenant of grace. I mean all who are not born again. All who are without Christ are under these curses. It doesn't matter how honorable the person may um, 
be seen in the society, so to speak. It doesn't matter how morally sound a person may be. Anyone who is without Christ, who has not yet entered into the new covenant of grace, is under one or more of these curses. Now, the seven main curses pronounced under the law are one, poverty and barrenness. Two, oppression or affliction in the hand of enemies. Three, sickness. Four, shame. Five, sorrows. Six, rejection and the ultimate death. Now when we look at poverty, now Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 17, 18, I will take it in bed so we can be able to finish before the time. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 17 to 18, it says that cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Now you know what basket means. Um, in our days, today, it would mean your account. It would mean your pocket. You know, where your fruits are, know, are supposed to be stored, supposed to be kept. So the ba basket is to mean today your account or your pocket. And God says that curse shall be the basket and the kneading bowl. A curse shall be the fruit of your womb, of your body, and the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flock. Now that is poverty. And then when you go to verse 48, it says that, in verse 48, therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger. Now notice in hunger, in test, in nakedness, and in need of all things. So that is the word of the Lord. Under the, the law, these are the curses. The first is poverty upon all who disobey God. And the second is oppression or affliction in the hand of enemies. Now when you look at the same verse, Deuteronomy 28 verse 48, you notice that he says that, Therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in need of all things. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. Now that speaks of oppression, affliction, you know, to be dominated by unseen forces, demons, the, the adversary, Satan, you know, because of obedience. Now verse, the next, which is the third curse is sickness or sicknesses. And Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 59, Then the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues 
great and prolonged plagues and serious and prolonged sicknesses. So take note of all these prolonged sicknesses. Then the fourth is shame. Now shame is disgrace. Now we look at this in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 48. And now he says that the same verse says that therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in need of all things. Now notice the word nakedness. Nakedness is to mean disgrace or shame. And then we have the feet, which is sorrows, sorrows or anguish. Uh, we have this in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 65. And it says that, And among those nations you shall find no rest, nor shall the sole of your foot have a resting place, but the Lord would give you a trembling heart, failing eyes, and anguish of soul. The King James verse, Version renders it um, sorrow of the soul. Then the cease is rejection, which is in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 60, 68. And the Lord will take you back to Egypt in ships by the way of which I said to you, you shall never see it again. And there you shall be offered for sale to your enemies. Rejection. You shall be sent back to Egypt. And the last one is death which is in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 20. Deuteronomy 28, verse 20. The Lord will send on you cursing confusion and rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly. Speaking of untimely death and the word perish means condemnation, damnation, destruction of the soul in hell. Now, these were the con consequences of sin, of breaking the law, and which Satan accused us of before God. Uh, there was one of the reasons, this was one of the reasons Jesus offered himself to be hanged on the cross. Jesus becoming our representative became a curse. So instead of this curse coming upon us, these curses being poured out on us, Jesus came to take upon himself these curses. And that is what the Spirit of God through Paul said or made mention of in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. For in Galatians chapter 3, 13, it says that Jesus became a curse for us. When you read that particular verse, Galatians 3, 13, it is said that Jesus, the Lord, became a curse for us. So we see the Lord Jesus coming to bear our curses. Now, on the cross of Calvary, we see all these seven curses 
being poured out on Jesus in our place. The first, poverty. Jesus was made poor. He was made destitute of food, of water, of clothing, the basic necessities of life. And so in that moment when the Lord Jesus was hanged on that tree, on that cross, this was the picture that he has taken upon himself our poverty. And so they stripped him naked. And he was destitute of cause. The hours that he spent on that tree, from the very time that he was apprehended, the hours that he spent at the praetorium, before Pilate, before Herod, down on the way to Gogota, where he was crucified, the hours that he spent on the cross, there was no food given him. Even on that cross, Jesus, who fed 5,000 men, excluding women and children, with only five loaves of bread and two fishes, pleaded for water because he tested for it. The king who came from heaven, yet Instead of a golden crown, they put on his head the crown of thorns. It is to give us the picture that he was made poor for the sake of the sinful generation. And I ask the question, what was the purpose? And this is the purpose. That we might be restored through faith to the abundant life which is in Christ Jesus. The life of abundance. The life of true riches. That is in Christ Jesus. Now this is said in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. So Jesus took upon himself the curse of poverty that we might enter into his abundance, into his riches, through his poverty, that we might be made rich. Now the second is oppression or affliction in the hand of enemies. And you see in the portion of Christ how he was tortured, how he was bruised, how they mocked him, 
how they marred his face. They disfigured his face. Isaiah testifies of this in chapter 53, verse 7. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. And what was the purpose? That we might be set free from the oppression of Satan. Now remember the account of Acts. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. He says that he went about doing good. And healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And so the picture of Christ's oppression and affliction in the hand of those soldiers was to reveal to us that through his oppression and affliction we would be liberated through believing in him. We would be set free from Satan's dominion, from the oppression of demons. Hallelujah. And so that is the picture that is seen here. And Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, it says in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, and I read from the New King James Version, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. It says that inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, speaking of the Lord Jesus, likewise shared in the same. That is, he becoming our representative, our substitute, flesh and blood, taking our place. That through death, through the cross, through his crucifixion, he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Now look at verse 15. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now he says that Jesus died that we might be released from bondage. Now bondage is oppression. Bondage is affliction. So the, the Lord went to the cross to be crucified. That through his death, through that crucifixion, that we might be released from he who has power of death, the devil, that we might be released from the power of death. And not only that, but from his oppression and affliction. According to Hebrews chapter, four, chapter 2, verse 14 to 15. Now, so we move on to the third. Sicknesses. The curse of sicknesses. The word sickness means weakness in health or infirmities. And in his humanity, Jesus was made weak in health by the stripes he received by the torture. Sorry, by the stripe he received, and not only that. And also by the torture and the scourgings. Matthew chapter 8 verse 17 says that he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now this saying was completed in full on the cross. Because on the cross, we have the revelation. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. That Jesus, 
our Lord was crucified that we might receive by faith healing that we might receive by faith health soundness of health and so Jesus took our infirmities that we might receive healing and that is what Peter says second sorry first Peter chapter 2 verse 24 it says in the word of the Lord who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed now notice by whose stripes you were healed so the purpose of he taking upon himself the curse of sickness is that through his the stripes that we might be healed now the fourth is shame now we remember how he was stripped naked while he hanged on the tree it was an open shame they divided his garments and they cast lost lots on it they made mockery fun of our lord and for what purpose that we might be delivered from shame that we through his grace might be delivered from disgrace and so romans chapter 10 would affirm this romans chapter 10 verse 9 to 11 romans chapter 10 verse 9 through to 11 it says that that if you confess with your mouth the lord jesus and believe in your heart that god has raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart one believes to righteousness and with the mad confession is made to salvation. Now notice verse 11. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Hallelujah. Whoever believes in the Lord Jesus, in his death, in his resurrection, whoever enter into his grace will no longer be ashamed. He will not be put to shame. The defeat is sorrow. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 3 says that Jesus is a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. Now we see this in how he was treated from the time that he was apprehended to the time that he was nailed on the cross. Indeed, Christ was a man of sorrow. But why did the Lord Jesus condescend to this level? That we might be made glad through the good news of his finished work on the cross. That we might be made glad through the good news, the gospel of his finished work. And so when you look at John chapter 20 verse 19 to 20 after the resurrection of Christ, you see there is an account here that I love so much. It says that then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the door was shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Now when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. That is the good news of his 
resurrection from the dead. And this is the news that maketh glad our hearts. This is that news which makes us conquerors, that makes us victors. When we know that if our Lord Jesus is risen from the dead, then we have no need to fear. No need to fear tomorrow, no need to fear death, no need to fear Satan. For the Lord our God has conquered them all. And if he has conquered, then we have entered into his triumph, into his victory. So this is the good news of the gospel that maketh glad our hearts. That cheers us up. Joy unspeakable. The disease that we see is the curse of rejection. That at the very hour of his passion, his suffering, even before that time, we have an account that his own disciples left him. They rejected him. And not only that, on the cross, the Lord Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was rejected for our sake. You know why? That we who are sinners, unworthy and undeserving might be reconciled to God. That we might be accepted by God through his grace. Now he says in John chapter 12 verse 32 to 33. John 12 verse 32 to 33. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. This he said signifying by what death he would die. And so Jesus was to rise from the dead and to reconcile all people to himself, to reconcile all people to God. And this is why on that cross he took our place, the curse of rejection, that we through his grace might be reconciled to him and to the Father. And the last, which is the final, the seventh of the curse, the penalty of sin, the last of the wages, is death. For on the cross, the Lord Jesus bowed his head after he said, it is finished, and gave up the ghost. The consummation of the curse was death, and Jesus took it. Jesus suffered the last wages of our sins, the death on the cross, that we might enter into his resurrection life, the life that is eternal, that we might live forevermore after the first death. And so Paul, by the Spirit of the Lord, says in 1 Corinthians Chapter 15, verse 54 to 55, which is our last scripture. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54 to 55. So when this corrupt, corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortal, immortality after the first death, this is speaking of the resurrection of the dead. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. In other words, the saints we would proclaim with joy from the dead. The resurrection of the dead. 
We will sing this song. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades. Hades means hell or the grave. Where is your victory? So our victory shall be from the dead after the resurrection of the dead. That, sorry, at the resurrection of the dead, we will proclaim with a loud voice. We will sing this wondrous song, our victory over death and hell. Why? Because Jesus, our Lord, took the curse of death. And that is why, as a Christian, you must never submit to any proclamation from anyone that tells you that you are going to die. Hold on to your confession. What Jesus did on the cross is for those who will believe. Not to everyone per se, even though he died for all. You can only enter into these blessings when you believe in him. And when you walk, not according to what you see, but according to what Jesus the Lord has purchased for you. What he has revealed to you. And so this is the consummation of the curse. This is the end of the accusation that Satan brought before God against us. Jesus paid it all. He took it all in our place. That we might enter into the blessings which I, by the word of God, has revealed to you. Now next week we would proceed to the restoration of the fallen man. After this, what the Lord Jesus did to restore us to the likeness of God and to the authority which God gave to the man at the garden. The Lord bless you. Now we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word tonight. And I pray that as this word has gone forth, may it accomplish its purpose in the hearts of those who have believed. Let it impart grace, the power that sets free from Satan's dominion and from every curse. Let it bring them to the faith, the overcoming faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And so I end here. Next week, God willing, we would proceed. To those of you who would always want to get in touch, to those of you who may also have a prayer request, you can connect with me on the same line, 0558-345-267, and lastly, 0558-345-267. You can get in touch with me on that line or through my WhatsApp. God bless you. Same time next week from the hour of 7 to 8. The grace and the peace of the Lord be with you. Bye-bye.